the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get you rolling on this Friday, a free-for-all Friday, the 28th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2020, the first Lenten Friday as well, just a little early reminder, unless it's too late, unless you did sausage or bacon for breakfast. No, let's let's remember, if you are Catholic, uh, this is a, a holy day, obviously, of... Um, on the Latin calendar in which we do sacrifice and uh, do not eat meat. And if you're, of course, giving up something else to indicate your uh, sacrifice for God, then uh, good luck to you, and uh, we will be praying. I am still trying to figure it out. I know it started on Wednesday. Lent started on Wednesday, and I still haven't decided what I'm giving up. Uh, I am a man of temptation. I need to give something up, and I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, so if you've got that figured out, uh, good luck to you, and I hope it works out for you. We are, Lord, I'm not giving up on my habit of booking great guests for this program. I can tell you that. Uh, we have really, really had some wonderful people to talk to in this past week, and it will continue today. Uh, coming up on the program in about a half an hour, Rob Frost will come back with us. He is, of course, the chairman of the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County. They have a Lincoln Day dinner coming up, and he is going to join us to talk about that as well as um, the Democrats' incessant bashing, their obsession, which has led to their incessant bashing of Donald Trump on the issue of the coronavirus, despite the fact that there is one confirmed case of coronavirus in the United States of uh, uh, involving anybody who did not travel abroad, who did not travel to China or anywhere else, and it's out in Sacramento. One case, President Trump uh, acted very early on to restrict travel from China and other places where it has been known to, to have been spreading, the coronavirus has, the Democrats continue to try to claim that Donald Trump is incapable of or not interested in um, uh, committing whatever resources are necessary to controlling this. 
They are trying to score cheap political points. Make no mistake about it, that's what these are, cheap political points on uh, a disaster, quite frankly. Already an epidemic. Concerns are that it will indeed become a worldwide pandemic, and they are trying to win votes off of it. Rather than saying, let's put politics aside, let's commit all of the resources and ideas of all Democrats and Republicans and independents alike, let's join with the president, Vice President Pence, who has been appointed to uh, coordinate American efforts. There are, of course, worldwide efforts uh, to... Um, control and to stop the spread of this terribly infectious disease um let's coordinate with mike pence and and do everything we can on the behalf of the american people do you I, can i explain something just briefly and, I, and i'll get to the rest of the guest list in a moment i know i get off on a tangent i do that and rob frost and i will talk about this but can you imagine truthfully it's kind of scary if i if i really consider this and ponder this if the democrats had any kind of common sense, and more importantly, even a modicum of common decency, they could score massive political points off of the coronavirus. They could generate thousands of new voters for them because of the coronavirus. If they were just decent people, what I mean by that is, Don't you think that some moderates or undecided voters, if they heard Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Adam Schiff and all of the rest of the Democrat leaders publicly stating, we are with the president, we are with the vice president, we are with the American people, we are committed to putting politics aside and working to provide and find and discover and develop a vaccine and a cure and to stop the spread of the coronavirus in the interest of all public health. Politics are gone for us right now. Let's work together with the president's team. Do you know what that would do? That would, I I can guarantee you, there would be moderates who maybe don't necessarily like everything about the president don't like everything about the Democrats, especially the way they've treated him, if they heard him, or excuse me, if uh, they heard these Democrats actually embracing humanity, actually embracing common decency, uh, uh, you know, intentionally saying that we are putting our politics aside, let's work together, it would go so far to getting them votes. Now, I really probably should just shut up about this because they're too stupid to figure it out for themselves. And if somebody listening to me says, yeah, that's that's a great point and tells them and then they go on to change their approach rather than attacking Trump and saying we are united as one American body government uh, so that we can or governmental body so that we can work together on behalf of the American people. It actually would help them. I don't want to. I don't want to give them any good ideas because they're too dumb to figure it out for themselves. But that's how they could score points. Instead, they're spending all of their time attacking. Instead, they're spending all of their time criticizing Trump, criticizing Pence, criticizing uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, criticizing everything that the administration has done. And worse, worse, maybe actively rooting for the coronavirus to spread, maybe actively rooting for Americans to be wrapped up and involved in this massive pandemic.
rooting for it to become a national crisis, all so that they can continue to slam Donald Trump. Now, that is something that I have considered. It's something I hadn't said out loud until I heard Pete's, Pete Hegseth on Fox say it out loud. It's music. Exactly right. Brian, turn off your phone, please. Pete, he's trying Brian, to hijack your, your segment. Well, get no, off your phone, Brian. No, Come no, on. it's, it's my... Uh, Steve said something to trigger... Okay, get to Pete, will you please? Your message to Pete Hegseth says... A oh, question. goodness gracious. Apologies. Yeah. I, want to, I want to hear... It was not queued up to the right spot. Pete Hegseth did indeed say, and I'll see if we can get to the, past all of their nonsense, their morning show nonsense. Pete Hegseth said that Democrats and the media are actively rooting for the coronavirus to spread in the United States. Uh, doesn't, I don't relish the reality, but you start to feel, you really do, watch the Democrats, watch the media, you start to feel like they're rooting for a coronavirus to spread. And I don't say that uh, flippantly, I really don't. But they're rooting for it to grow, they're rooting for the problem to get worse, they're rooting for mysteries, unknown cases, quarantines, towns, for it to become an absolute national crisis for one reason and one reason alone. They have yet to find a reason to try to drag down the presidency of Donald Trump. And because this could be a national crisis, it already is uh, grabbing international headlines. If it takes hold in the United States of America, even though it is not the fault of Donald Trump, they will try to pin it to him like his Katrina moment and make it political. And so a headline like this lays bare their intentions because we know it already. They just won't say it. So I, th- I think it's, it's important to say it because we know it's in the backs of the minds of a lot of Democrats and the backs of the minds of a lot of us who watch how this is playing so out. The se- is it totally outrageous to suggest that what Pete Hegseth said here is wrong? Is it outrageous? Is it impossible for him to be right about this? That actual Democrats in America, particularly Democrat leaders and media, anti-Trump, Trump haters, never Trumpers in the media, that they're actually rooting for a disaster in order to score political points and find a reason to drag Trump out of office? Of course it isn't. How do we know? They've already done it. Do we need to go back? Do you remember Bill uh, Bill Maher, the liberal host of uh, HBO's Politically Incorrect? Do you remember what he said in the first year of the Trump presidency? And he has doubled down on it since then. Bill Maher, speaking I'm certain for millions of other liberals, said bring on the recession. We want a recession to happen. Because only with an economic recession... Will the voters be swayed to turn away from Donald Trump? If it takes a recession, Bill Maher said, to get rid of Donald Trump, then I'm willing to go through one. And I remember talking about this and pointing out the fact that, sure, Bill, because recessions very rarely affect the rich, the wealthy, people who make the the seven figures that you do to do what you do. The recession isn't going to hurt you. Who's a recession going to hurt? A recession is going to hurt the middle Americans, middle class Americans working uh, their tails off for companies that once a recession hits and their profits dry up and their revenues dry up and their costs go up, are going to have to lay people off to try to balance their books. The recession affects that worker, 
that factory worker who's laid off, that waitress who gets laid off, that stock boy who gets laid off, the millions of those people. The recession affects people in middle-class America whose prices go up because the local businesses can't make it without making more money per item or per service sold. But Bill Maher said, to hell with middle-class America. I don't like Trump, so I want a recession to come in and devastate American lives in order to get the president or a new president that I do like. So if they're willing to root for economic calamity, if they're willing to root for economic recession in order to get somebody that is more like them in office, how is Pete Hegseth necessarily wrong that Democrats and the media are rooting for coronavirus to spread and to grow into a national crisis? It is absolutely possible. And in fact, I would dare say probable that they are hoping for, I'm going to say it, they're hoping for American deaths. Maybe not on the scale of China, maybe not on the scale of some of the other hot zones for coronavirus, but they want Americans to die, and they want to then point the, it's kind of like every time there is a mass shooting. They cannot wait. The bodies are still warm, blood still flowing. And they can't wait to take to Twitter or the first microphone and camera they they, uh, walk by to say Trump, NRA, conservatives, responsible for these deaths. What are we going to do about gun violence in America? It's like the warm blood just excites them. It, 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 it them, It gets them amped up. It, it really does. It gives them hope for something new to try to tear, down, tear this president down with. They do it with gun violence, and I promise you they are doing it with coronavirus. They are hoping for American deaths so that they can score political points off of it, no matter how incredibly hypocritical they are. It's 920. Rob Frost, I know I got off on a tangent there, sorry. Rob Frost will join me at 935. At 1010, we are going to talk to one of the sponsors of the Ohio bill that would ban transgender females, also known as males, from destroying and uh, ruining women's and girls' sports. We're going to talk to uh, Representative Jenna Powell. She will be joining us at 1010 to talk about this very important bill and, of course, the slings and arrows of bigotry that she is going to be hit with. She's going to be accused of being a bigot, just like I am, accused of being a bigot because I want girls to be girls and uh, to not have their sports ruined by boys. And then at uh, 10.35, we're going to understand more about the Ohio uh, race as uh, iVoters.com is online now, and Rob Walgate will be joining us to discuss. Right back after this. It is 925. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. When it comes to the hypocrisy of the uh, 
of the uh, Democrats as it pertains to coronavirus. And all they care about is not stopping coronavirus. They don't care about treating coronavirus. They don't care about developing a vaccine to prevent coronavirus at all. They can they care about the coronavirus spreading so that they can hit Donald Trump and say he was responsible for this. Chuck Schumer repeatedly on uh, uh, the stump, uh, not that he's campaigning, but uh, grabbing every microphone he can find and telling everybody that Donald Trump is responsible for this uh, shoddy handling of the coronavirus, even though, again, we have very, very little information about any serious threat. And in fact, almost every medical professional that you can see on television is saying that in the United States, no, there is no need to go buying masks There is no need to be panicking. There is no need to be quarantining. There is no reason for any of that. Just follow good, safe practices. Keep antibacterial hand cleaner with you. Use it, especially if you spend a lot of time in the public. Use it liberally. Uh, Wash the hands. Use warm water, not cold water. Do it for a good 20 seconds. Uh, make sure that you are wiping the germs off of you at every opportunity. Don't, if you do know somebody is sick or under the weather is exhibiting symptoms of anything like that, stay at least six feet away from them. That will keep you safe. The author is just saying, keep, follow safe practices. We are in no panic mode here in the United States at all, according to the medical professionals. But according to Chuck Schumer, the end is nigh. It's coming. And the reason it's coming is because Donald Trump didn't do anything about this. Meanwhile, a quick look back at Chuck Schumer's Twitter account. February 5th. So that's three weeks ago. February 5th, and thanks to my friend John Kersey for sending this to me, Chuck Schumer responding to President Trump restricting travel to the United States from China. Which, of course, would indicate what? that Donald Trump is taking this threat very seriously and acting very early on. Chuck Schumer's response to the president's decision on restricting travel from China was this, quote, The premature travel ban to and from China by the current administration is just an excuse to further his ongoing war against immigrants. There must be a check and balance on these restrictions. End quote. That's Chuck Schumer's Twitter account, 12.10 p.m., February 5th, three weeks ago. He ripped Trump for trying to stop the spread of coronavirus in America by stopping travel from China to the United States. And he criticized it. How dare you? That's just anti-immigrant. Here we are, three weeks later, it's February 28th. And Chuck Schumer is continuing to scream out, Donald Trump hasn't done enough to stop the spread of the coronavirus from China to the United States. They are hoping, they are praying for the coronavirus to hit and spread in the United States and take lives so that they can use it as their biggest chip in this summer's coming general election campaign. Mark my words, that's what they're doing. Navy man Norm in Strongsville. I've got about a minute for you, Norm, before the bottom. Go ahead, sir. Uh, thanks for warning me about this wonderful uh, virus or cold going around. Anyway, this uh, coronavirus has not killed anybody in the United States yet. God, thank God. Right. But what are the 
uh, worry wards from the Democrats when 60,000 Americans died in the last year from the regular flu. Not a peep. No, nothing but crickets. So 60,000 Americans died in the last year, and that one of these demo rats has lifted a finger to do anything in the Congress about it, about funding the National Institute of the Health, about funding the uh, uh, CDC in Georgia. Have they? No. Bob, I'm taking the optimistic point of view. If this was going to happen this year, there's a virus scare, and I'm not understating it, and the uh, stock market uh, crash right now, it couldn't have happened at a better time. Because this is March. It's going into the warm season. I got a feeling that the, the uh, warm season is going to help kill this virus. And That's I think correct. the stock market is going to take off like a big balloon. And once again, once again, these rotten Democrats and, the, and their, excuse me, pimps in the news media are going to end up with egg on their face. Well, you know so what, Norm? Think- thank, you, thank you, my friend. I appreciate the call. i got to get to news, but you're right. Um, the stock market, that's the other reason they're hoping for the spread of coronavirus and deaths in the United States so that the economy will struggle and the markets will struggle the way we have seen over the last couple of days. Again, with an eye on hurting Trump in November, not about helping Americans today. Back after this. The answer. Yeah, I'm going to let it play. I like the Bee Gees, all right? Fight me. 936, thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. And this is actually one of my favorite Bee Gees tunes. Nicely done. Nicely done, DJ Derek. I'll take that. Uh, we continue now on this Free For All Friday edition. Not a ton of time for calls today, uh, which we normally like to leave you on Friday, but I do have three great guests, starting with the first one. Uh, back with us once again is the chairman of the Republican Party of Cuyahoga County, our good friend Rob Frost. Uh, Rob, good morning. How are you, sir? Happy Friday. Good morning, Bob. Doing great. How are you? I'm good. Do you, uh, help me out here. I'm not alone, right? Do you, do you have any BGs on your uh, playlist on your phone? Oh yes, I do. Uh, Good. Got, of course, the whole Stan Alive uh, album. Uh, you know, big, big DJ Sandbox. You know, I'm with you there. You know they're going to okay boomer us for that, right? Even though we're not boomers, yeah, Gen Xers. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, 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 the young people to the, to the young people, BGs are the what's? Oh lordy! All right, uh, Robert Frost. Uh, good to talk to you. Hey, before we talk about Super Tuesday and South Carolina, the Dems are voting in tomorrow. Uh, I want to. I want to end Lincoln Day, of course, which we'll get to the Lincoln Day there. I want to get your thoughts on this. Pete Hegseth said on Fox and Friends this morning, and I played the clip. I don't want to play it again because it cuts into your time too much. But in a nutshell, Pete Hegseth said that, in his view, um, Democrats, at least some of them, as well as media, are openly, or I'm sorry, not openly, are secretly rooting for the coronavirus to spread in the United States, even potentially to hope for deaths for two reasons. Number one, so that it continues to have a negative impact on the stock market and thus eventually the economy, which of course is Donald Trump's strongest selling point for re-election. And two, so that they can indeed uh, label Donald Trump as inept. 
Um, do you think that that's possible, given the fact, and I'll throw out my own little uh, you know, analogy to that or a reminder, that Bill Maher has openly rooted for a recession. And I'm sure he speaks mm-hmm. for a lot of other Democrats who applauded him rooting for a recession, even though it harms Americans. But, but if it hurts Trump, then that's what they want to see. Do you think that the Democrats are, rather than working with the president, working against him so that he can harm, they can harm him? Well, Bob, you're exactly right with the comparison to the rooting for recession. And, and I'll also remind you of another example. Uh, back when uh, President Trump and the administration authorized taking out of Soleimani, and the Democrats went into this mode convincing everyone Trump had just started World War III, they were, they were rooting for that to, to escalate into a, a regional, if not global, conflict so that they could say, this president did this, he's made everyone less safe. Uh, they are constantly rooting for catastrophes. Uh, as uh, Will Chamberlain, uh, the editor-in-chief of Human Events, he put out on Twitter last night, uh, if Democrats had to choose between half a million Americans dying of coronavirus and Trump winning a second term, they'd have to think about it. That is so unfortunate that they are rooting, they continue to root for this country to lose, for the people of this country to lose and to suffer because of their derangement uh, or their hatred of this president and everything he is accomplishing. And not only that, Bob, I think they're wrong in terms of what the political outcome would be. The people have confidence in this pre- president. You're right. His strongest case for re-election is the economy. But there are a lot of cases with what this president has accomplished, uh, which are reasons why he's going to be re-elected. So if any sort of catastrophe befalls this country, uh, this administration will respond appropriately People will have confidence that, that things are being taken care of. And yet again, the Democrats will be just standing there looking small that and is, petty, as they always a, do. That is another great example, by the way, the, the killing of Soleimani. You're right. I think there were a lot of them who were trying to goad and taunt Iran into responding and to killing more right. Americans to, to bring about this war and say, look what Trump has done. He is responsible for the deaths of more Americans. And I think Mr. Chamberlain is spot on in his tweet. And I guess the best example, as I kind of gave uh, right before uh, uh, we went to our bottom of the hour news, is, is Chuck Schumer himself. On February 5th, he mm-hmm. ripped Donald Trump for restricting travel to and from China, which, of course, was an attempt to try to keep the coronavirus out of the united states and then on february 24th 5th 6th 7th and 8th he is ripping donald trump for not doing enough to keep the coronavirus out of the united states right and as the president has made the point the quick reaction the quick action that the administration took on travel restrictions has already helped now people will likely uh, get sick there will probably be i'm no i'm no medical expert at all but i can read the same things the the, the advisories and things that uh, that we're reading from Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not time to panic. This is time for people to use common sense. That it, well, and that is in short supply, unfortunately, on the other side of the aisle. Yeah. Which let's let's go to the politics of this now. Let's let's make that <laughs> yeah. the perfect segue. It looks like Joe Biden is going to stay in this thing after all, at least to Super Tuesday, because it looks like uh, you know his lead in South Carolina had shrunken over the course of a couple of weeks of gaffes and and terrible debate performances in New Hampshire and Nevada, but it has apparently widened back up again. It looks like he's going to win there and kind of it would be the first, by the way, primary or caucus win of his life in three runs for mm-hmm. the presidency. He's never won one, so it's going to give him a little bit of momentum to keep this fight against Sanders going into Super. Super Tuesday. Um, but that's not the polling that I'm most concerned about. I'm most concerned about the polling, Rob, uh, in the most recent Fox News poll released this morning, that three of every four Democrats, 
say they would vote for a socialist for president of the United States. Of course, this is a direct referendum on Bernie Sanders' ability to win. Three, uh, 76%. Um, I, I'm, I'm just pulling no punches here on this, Rob. It, it, the next time somebody tells me the Democrats writ large, I know it doesn't, it doesn't apply to every single one, uh, love America just as much as we do, I'm going to point, point to this poll. And I'm going to say, prove that to me. If they are willing to vote for a socialist, that means they're willing to vote for socialism. We are a capitalist nation, always have been, free market. And and if they are willing to destroy that and replace it with something that has been devastatingly uh, devastating to uh, the lives of everyone who have ever been uh, 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 essentially restricted by it in their nations, then they don't love America. What do you make of the fact that three of every four Democrats are okay with a socialist? Well, that part gets right to that Trump derangement syndrome we talked about before. They would sooner any sort of catastrophe, even the tearing down of our basic uh, basic principles of our system, because of their hatred of this president. They're, they're just they they see red. They're blinded by it. Now there are people within the Democratic Party, at least still today, who understand that can't win. It won't win. Uh, it might sound a bit popular among a segment. Uh, even now, as you're saying, three out of four in the Democratic Party, but it doesn't play well in the country at large. So they've got a real problem. Bernie's their front runner. Biden's going to win South Carolina. Super Tuesday, Bloomberg will win some states. Biden will win a state or two. Bernie will win a bunch, and it looks like even Amy Klobuchar might win Michigan. Uh, and so they're left in further disarray. They don't have any consensus. They don't have a nominee they can get around. And as they keep flitting from one choice to the next, they realize how flawed their choices are. Bloomberg can't get it done. Uh, I don't have a preference over who they nominate, and I don't want Republicans uh, in Ohio or other states to switch parties to go pick who they think is the worst or weakest on the Democratic side. Whoever they put up, uh, we've seen them all on display now. They're incapable of governing. They're incapable of loving this country and working for the greatness of America the way this president is doing. That is, you're right, they are, uh, and you're right about how flawed all of their other candidates are. I mean, it's really just every time they get on stage, that mess that they had on Tuesday night was just, I mean, you know, shouting over one oh, another, boy. screaming over one another. The moderators could had, had no control whatsoever. It was really kind of indicative of, I think, the state of their party at large is, is they, you know, they really are just it's in true. disarray. But I, I have to tell you, I, I'm really on the fence on this, this Bernie thing. You said you don't really care uh, who their candidate is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm, you know, Bernie, according to Tim Ryan, you know Tim Ryan, uh, um, Ohio Congressman, uh, he said if Bernie is nominated, our nominee will lose 48 states. That's very appealing to me. If he really believes that, <laughs> and, and maybe it's true, uh, then I want Bernie to win. And I wouldn't mind if people crossed over and voted to make sure that he's the nominee. But on the flip side... If the belief is that he can never win, we saw in 2016 somebody who was said can never win rise to the presidency, and that, of course, is our president, Donald Trump. So I, I don't know how I feel about how I should feel about that. What about you? Listen, I agree, and that's why I say I don't want to try to pick who our opponent is. Let them put up who they put up. I agree with that conventional wisdom that a socialist can't win, but... Whoever the Democrats put up, there's some states like New York and California who are going to vote for that candidate. And so you're going to have a very dangerous person. Uh, and if the conventional wisdom is wrong uh, and they steal this from us on top of it, so they get a few, you know, those extra votes from the, the craziness going on. Uh, but also, if it's close enough that they can steal some states, you know, now we're ending up with a real constitutional crisis in this country of somebody uh, who hates this country, who is 
you know, against what this country stands for um, and, and a problematic election, because this is the only way they're going to get it done uh, in, in, in other states. Where I feel we're good and we're strong here in Ohio with how our election will be run, but I'm telling you, uh, they're not going to, Bernie Brothers, we've seen them, uh, they're not going to stand for anyone uh, standing in their way. Uh, and, and nothing will be off limits for them. It's a very dangerous situation if they nominate Bernie Sanders. Yeah, it really is. I, I saw another headline today that said the superdelegates, a majority of superdelegate mm-hmm. Democrats, are absolutely willing to vote against uh, Bernie Sanders, even if he comes into their convention with the majority uh, of delegates. Or not the, the, the most delegates, but not the majority that he needs. They would swipe it from him if that is mm-hmm. if that is what it will take to beat Donald Trump. That's, that's an amazing thing. A, a, a party that is supposed to be all about democracy, willing to literally uh, upend democracy. Uh, okay, Rob Frost, let's talk about uh, March 12th. Lincoln Day Dinner uh, 2020. Uh, I know you got a great great event planned. Tell us about it. Absolutely. Thursday, March 12th, as you said, will be the Embassy Suites. We're going to hear from Donald Trump's Ohio Victory Director, Steve Buckingham. If you want to get involved and take action in this campaign, you need to be there that evening. Our keynote speaker is J.D. Vance, an Iraq War veteran, the author, best-selling author of Hillbillyology. We have Congressman Anthony Gonzalez, Congressman Dave Joyce, Treasurer Robert Sprague with us. But it's going to be fun even beyond the great speeches you're going to hear. We've got a great silent auction with uh, political items you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, you're going to have a great dinner. You're going to have a good time. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful time to come out and be part of the team that's going to reelect this president. Uh, you can go to CuyahogaCountyGOP.com. We've got actually online pricing special running right now. Uh, so get on over there, CuyahogaCountyGOP.com. Join me. Peter Corgan, our whole Tyler uh, County GOP leadership team at the Embassy Suites as we hear the Trump plan for victory in Ohio in 2020. It is uh, always a great time at the Lincoln Day Dinner. It's a great reason to get together and, as you said, kind of coordinate with like-minded people and support our president, support his. And not just, you know, this is so big. The other part of the uh, the Bernie story that we didn't really talk about um, that we should is um, if Bernie Sanders is the nominee, the belief among some of those who want him out, even Democrats who want him out, um, they believe it could kill uh, the Democrats down ballot, particularly in all the congressional races. Nancy Pelosi could lose her house. We need to focus on the fact that we need not only to get out there and vote for President Trump for four more years, but we so desperately have to take back the House, and that's why we need to hear from current members of the House, like you said, with Gonzalez and Joyce and others who are going to be there. That is so important. It's not just about President Trump. We need him to have the support in the Congress. Well, we need to take back the House, and right here in Coyote County, we've got great challengers who are taking on Marcia Fudge and, and Marcy Captor, uh, so they'll be there as well. Come on out. Uh, Laverne Gore is our endorsed candidate to take on uh, Marsha Fox, Rob Weber, our endorsed candidate to take on uh, Marcy Captor. We've got to take back the House. And part of getting that done begins with getting the guy you mentioned before, Tim Ryan. Christina Hagan's running out there along with some other candidates I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our two uh, races right here in Cuyahoga County where we can pick up seats. Be with us. Be with the whole team. We're going to reelect this president. We're going to take back the House. Hold the Senate. No Senate race in Ohio this year, but we will hold that Senate. And we're going to keep getting great things done for this country uh, under this president. I'm staring at the website right now, CuyahogaCountyGOP.com. Visit there now to get uh, get your tickets for the Lincoln Day Dinner on March 12th. It's going to be a wonderful event. Rob Frost, thank you so much for coming on to promote and to talk about it. And we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Bob. All the best, Rob. Rob Frost joining us on AM 1420. The answer, it's 950. I do have a short segment coming. 
in which you can make phone calls. You want to do it? Do it now. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Right back on AM 1420 The Answer. Shout it out loud. The Bob France Authority is on AM 1420, The Answer. Um, Thanks again to Rob Frost for joining us. Coming up in uh, about 10 or so, maybe closer to 15 minutes, make sure you're here for this conversation. We are going to be talking uh, with one of the sponsors of a bill, uh, the Save Women's Sports Act here in Ohio. Jenna Powell, Republican representative, of uh, Dark County is uh, going to be joining us, and we're going to talk about um, this bill, which is going to try to stop males from destroying women's sports by allowing biological males to continue to compete in them the way they are in other states. So that's a big conversation that's going to be coming. But back to the uh, the Democrat race story for just a second. I have spent the majority of this week um, going after communism, going after socialism, going after Bernie Sanders. I have had guest after guest after guest on who have experienced firsthand the horrors of socialism and the horrors of communism. Probably the highlight was yesterday when we talked to Dr. Yuri Maltsev, an economics economics professor at uh, uh, Carthage University in Wisconsin, who was a former economics advisor to Mikhail Gorbachev, the Soviet premier, uh, during the time of perestroika. He uh, defected to the United States in 1989, but he was Moscow educated uh, all the way through. And he knows what communism and socialism bring. They bring death. They bring public slavery. They b- bring about uh, a nation of people who are impoverished. No one is allowed to be rich. Everyone is allowed to and, in fact, forced to be poor. Uh, it is what you see in socialist country after socialist country. So I spent pretty much this entire week on Bernie Sanders because he's the front runner. I have largely ignored Joe Biden because his campaign is flagging. He's flailing about. He's got one last desperate chance, chance and that is tomorrow. He's got South Carolina where he's put all of his eggs in that basket. And it looks like, according to polling, it's going to be successful. Joe Biden is going to win South Carolina. Now, the margin is in in doubt. Maybe it's single digits. Maybe it's double digits. But it looks like he's going to give his campaign a big shot in the arm. And it's going to propel him to Super Tuesday on March 3rd. Because Joe Biden is resurgent, I need to now remind you about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, in addition to not being able to put together multisyllabic words and, and any kind of compound sentences without saying something that's incorrect, without saying something that's just quite frankly stupid, is also incapable of saying things that aren't lies. Over the course of the last few weeks of campaigning, Joe Biden has repeated one lie again and again, well, not just one, but this particular one again and again. He says that he was arrested when he went to South Africa to see Nelson Mandela. He said he was arrested, and he was proud to be arrested. He has said on numerous occasions, proud to be arrested because of his support for Mandela. Finally, because nobody would call him on that lie in the debate, finally somebody called him out. And believe it or not, it was actually CNN. Um, I do want to ask you about one thing that you said repeatedly on the trail. I think it's three times now. You said that during a visit to South Africa, 
uh, to visit Nelson Mandela, which I know was a very memorable visit for you, that you were arrested when you were there. Your campaign has come out since and said, no, 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 you were separated from other people at the airport. But you did say arrest three yeah. times. What? Why? Proud to be arrested. Proud. He wanted you to think he had handcuffs or zip ties and was placed behind bars. He wanted you to think that he was arrested for being a political supporter of Nelson Mandela. Arrested. Well, what I meant to say was, I, I got <laughs> off that, look, I, I strongly, strongly, strongly opposed the tarp apartheid. I was one of the leaders. And if you doubt it, go on JoeBiden.com and look at the exchange between George Schultz and me and the Foreign Relations Committee. No one cares. And here's the deal. I was with a black delegation, the CDC, the, the, the Congressional Black Caucus. By the way, apparently the Congressional Black Caucus is now abbreviated CDC. Yeah. They had me get off a plane. The Afrikaners got on in their short pants and their guns, let me off for, led me off first and moved me in a direction totally different. I turned around and everybody, all the entire black delegation was going another way. I said, I'm not going to go in that door that says white only. I'm going with them. They said, you're not. You can't move. You can't go with them. And they, and they kept me there until finally I decided they were clear I wasn't going to move. And so what they finally did, they said, okay, they're not going to make the congressional delegation go through the black door. They're not going to make me go through the white door. They went, took us up, my memory serves me, through a baggage claim area up to a restaurant, and they cleared out a restaurant. I felt strongly about apartheid, one of the reasons we were there. And after, long after this, when Nelson Mandela was freed and came to the United States, he came to my office. He was one of the most incredible men I ever met. He sat down in my office, thanked me, thanked me for trying to all the work I did on apartheid. And so that's that's the context of it. When I okay. said arrested, I meant I was not able to I was not able to move. Cops, Afrikaners would not let me go with them, made me stay where I was. I guess I, I wasn't arrested, I was stopped. I was not able to move where I wanted to go. So I, I do I have one question. When I this is wasn't, all shut up. I guess I wasn't arrested. I just wasn't allowed to move where I wanted to move. Three times that CNN identified it. I think it was more like five. He said in public stump speeches and on debate stages, I was proud to be arrested for trying to go see Nelson Mandela. As if he was so willing to surrender his freedom and be locked up for his beliefs. Joe Biden is both delusional and dishonest. Those are two very dangerous things for a presidential candidate to be. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.